What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Palisades Nuclear Power Plant in Van Buren County won't be reopening after all. The U.S. Department of Energy has rejected an application from Holtec International for a grant to keep the plant going. Holtec in September applied for the federal grant under the Civilian Nuclear Credit Program, which was established to avoid premature retirements of reactors due to financial hardship. Holtec's Patrick O'Brien tells us the company got word Friday the application was rejected. We fully understood that trying to restart the plant would have some hurdles. We were attempting to do something that had never been done before in the industry, and it was going to be a challenge and and potentially a first for the industry. O'Brien says this appears to be the end of the line for the covert facility. We went through the process. We remain committed to still trying to help the nuclear industry meet challenges and solutions. But for Palisades, really, we'll continue down the focus of the decommissioning path. Palisades shut down in May, and its decommissioning is expected to take decades. Holtec's attempt to keep Palisades open had the backing of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. O'Brien says the Department of Energy said Palisades does not meet the criteria of the Civilian Nuclear Credit Program. Two large donations have pushed the 26th annual Stuff-A-Truck Food Drive to a record-breaking level of donations this year. The PGA of America and Wolf Financial Advisory combined to donate $25,000 today at Rogers Foodland. As of 3 p.m. today, donations totaled more than $36,000 in addition to all the food donations that will directly benefit the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency as it helps those in need. Kim Smith-Oldham, director of the agency, shared her reaction after the check presentation today. It's incredible, and the community is awesome. And the last three years, the community has stepped up. And this just shows another time that they're stepping up. Stuff a Truck is hosted each year by Midwest Family and Y Country and continues at Rogers Foodland through noon tomorrow. It's not too late to donate your non-perishable food products, canned goods, hygiene products, or cash. You can make an online donation at Y Country's website. Downtown Waterville Eats could soon gain a new park and gathering space thanks to a crowdfunding campaign. The Michigan Economic Development Corporation, Cornerstone Alliance, the City of Waterville Eats, and the Waterville Eats Downtown Development Authority have all teamed up for the effort. They say if the crowdfunding campaign reaches its goal of $50,000 by December 31st, the project will win a matching grant with funds made possible from the state's Public Spaces Community Places program. The groups are planning to transform a long, empty lot on Main Street into a public gathering space complete with a pavilion, accessible seating, atmospheric lighting, a decorative fountain, games, and landscaping. Cornerstone and the city have already raised most of the $200,000 needed to complete the park, which they say could be used for concerts, markets, and festivals. Now they're crowdfunding the remaining $50,000 with about $10,000 raised as of today. We'll have a link to the crowdfunding campaign at our website. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler has been saluted by the county administrator 
for another well-run election. Speaking this week, County Administrator Brian DeSette said this month's elections were run smoothly and efficiently. It's a whole lot more stress. It is an incredibly long effort, and I just compliment you on getting through it, doing it well, and just know that as you go through staff, you will have my complete and utter commitment to working with you to make sure that you've got the, the resources you need to get through the next election. DeSette said an election day for Tyler and her staff is essentially a 24-hour workday. He said the workers do it all in a heightened atmosphere of scrutiny and there's no room for mistakes. The Leadership Accelerator Program at Lake Michigan College is accepting applications for the Leadership Accelerator Academy set to start next month. LMC Vice President of Academics Ken Flowers tells us the professional development program was founded in 2015 by leaders from nonprofit groups at Michigan's Great Southwest Strategic Leadership Council. It's designed to create leaders who can grow, sustain, and steer communities throughout Southwest Michigan. They're learning how to take these skills and then take them back out in the community and in their, also their workplaces as well. Flowers says the program is designed to create leaders who can grow, sustain, and steer communities. One week we're talking about communication. One week we're talking about critical thinking. One week we talk about personal branding. And that way we come in, we have all of our subject matter experts or teachers, as we call them, are from the local area. They'll come in and they'll talk about their experiences. So far, more than 160 people have graduated from the Leadership Accelerator, which teaches participants strengths, emotional intelligence, community perspectives, barriers to community success, communication skills, and more. The next Leadership Accelerator program starts in January and runs through July. You can find out more online. There's been plenty of activity in the area of broadband expansion in Berrien County lately. Speaking to the County Board of Commissioners this week, Commissioner Terry Freeling said a meeting of the county's broadband committee, or BC BIT, was held this month. Members talked about the latest local developments and upcoming grant opportunities. Based on my knowledge, I think we had 17 communities that had an application submitted. Probably around $24 million in whole was what was requested. What we're doing right now is we are reviewing if there are some of those projects that may be able to be completed in conjunction with what's happening with some of the businesses that are doing construction through ARDOF awards and other funding sources. The county has been taking applications from local governments for broadband projects. Meanwhile, Freeling said the Michigan High Speed Internet Office will soon make $250 million available, and Berrien is among the counties in the best position to apply for those funds. She also said new FCC maps are about to come out, and the county can dispute them if needed. And Berrien County Animal Control has had a busy year. Speaking to the County Board of Commissioners this week, Shelter Manager Ashley Herr said the office has taken in hundreds of dogs. People want to give them homes. We're seeing a lot more adoptions recently, which is amazing because we've been really in need of that. We've had, if I remember correctly, 170 some odd dogs adopted out this year, which we've had about 800 come in, 800 plus. So it's amazing to have that many adoptions and owners coming in and picking up their dogs. Her said that Animal Control has been teaming up with outside organizations like the Friends of Berrien County Animal Control to run itself more efficiently, and she looks forward to doing more to that end. Meanwhile, Animal Control has an adoption event going on this weekend. You can stop by tomorrow from between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. to adopt a dog, cat, or other critter. The fees are $40 for a dog and $10 for a cat. Those who go in search of a new furry friend are advised to bring a crate. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News now continues. A new chapter is coming for the Democratic Party as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announces she's stepping down from leadership, promising a new generation of leaders. But with the Democrats now the minority in the U.S. House, President Biden will have to work with a different party moving forward. Or maybe she's Karen Travers. This is a big changing of the guard up on Capitol Hill for Democrats in the House. But the bigger thing is that it's going to be Republicans that the president will have to be working with to try and get anything done, to try and get his agenda across the finish line. Any sort of compromise will now have to be working with Kevin McCarthy and his Republican team. Attorney General Merrick Garland has named a special counsel to oversee the Justice Department's investigation into the presence of classified documents at former President Donald Trump's Florida estate, as well as aspects of a separate probe involving the January 6th riot in efforts to undo the 2020 election. The role will be filled by Jack Smith, a veteran prosecutor who led the Justice Department's public integrity section in Washington and who later served as the acting chief federal prosecutor in Nashville, Tennessee, during the Obama administration. Garland said today Trump's announcement of his presidential candidacy and President Joe Biden's likely 2024 run were factors in his decision to appoint a special counsel. In a letter to Democratic colleagues, New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries has announced his bid for Democratic leader, or maybe sees Ike Ejiochi in Washington. Representative Hakeem Jeffries wrote it's his hope to find common ground with Republicans. But the congressman went on to write that if the party continues to engage in demagoguery and disinformation, that he'll not shy away from exposing it. Jeffries says his top priority would be retaking the House in 2024. If elected, Jeffries would be the first black lawmaker to lead a party in Congress. He's currently the fifth highest ranking Democrat in the House. Ike Jachi, ABC News, Washington. A federal prosecutor says Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes and four associates discussed using violence to overturn the results of the 2020 election for weeks and saw an opportunity to do it when rioters started attacking the Capitol. Assistant U.S. Attorney Catherine Rachi told jurors today in her closing argument that Rhodes's words show he was preparing to lead a rebellion to keep Democrat Joe Biden out of the White House. Rhodes testified he just engaged in bombastic talk. Prosecutors are urging jurors to convict the five defendants of seditious conspiracy. The repeated Russian strikes on Ukraine's power grid are causing widespread blackouts for millions of people as winter starts to bite. Morph maybe sees Tom Rivers at the foreign desk. Kiev Mayor Vitaly Klitschko admits it's tough already. We have right now deficit in electricity, and that's why it's different districts in our hometown right now switch off in um, for some period of time. He says around half of the people in the capital are experiencing temporary rolling power cuts at any one time. The plan is to use some diesel generators on a limited basis if things grow even more bleak in the coming weeks. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. The Biden administration says Saudi Arabia's crown prince should be shielded from lawsuits over his role in the killing of a U.S.-based journalist. It's a turnaround for Biden, who as a candidate denounced Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman over the killing. It comes in a motion filed by the U.S. in a federal lawsuit brought by the late journalist Jamal Khashoggi's fiance and the rights group that he founded. Khashoggi's fiance said after the U.S. filing today, he, quote, died again today. In the filing, the Biden administration supports the prince's argument his high office renders him immune from lawsuits in U.S. courts. A group of Senate Democrats is calling on federal regulators to get more involved in the mess that is Twitter. More from ABC's Dave Packer. A consent decree from 2011 mandated that Twitter report to the Federal Trade Commission 
and ensure the company clearly state how it maintains and protects the security, privacy, confidentiality, or integrity of any non-public consumer information. Now in a letter, a group of Democratic senators are calling on the FTC to conduct vigorous oversight and enforcement of the decree. Citing the problematic rollout of Twitter Blue, the senators say new owner Elon Musk's actions have undermined the integrity and safety of the platform, implementing changes they say can be abused for fraud, scams, and dangerous impersonation. Dave Packer, ABC News. Swifties, your girl has spoken on the Ticketmaster meltdown. Taylor Swift posted a story today on Instagram expressing her anger and frustration over the hours spent by fans trying to buy tickets for her tour next year. Swift says that she and her team asked the platform multiple times if it would be able to handle the massive demand. In her words, she says, quote, we were assured they could. Of fans who lost out after hours of just waiting in a digital queue, Swift said that she hopes to provide more chances to get together. And Twitter employees are responding to a new severance package offer. More from ABC's Rebecca Jarvis. Earlier this week, Elon Musk revealed he's working around the clock, sleeping on the floor at Twitter until, quote, the organization is fixed. Well, it appears many of his employees do not want that life for themselves. On Wednesday, Musk emailed his staff and said to them, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Anyone who does not agree will receive three months of severance. Well, the deadline was last night. We don't know how many, but it appears a number of employees are choosing to leave. ABC News has learned dozens of them sent a salute emoji over the company's Slack. Deuces. That was the message. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.